end of our podcast series on infant baptism. I'm Pastor Stuart Amazon from Christ Church Appaloosas, and with me as always is Pastor Brandon Neely, lead pastor of all of Christ Church. What's up, Pastor Brandon? I'm doing pretty well. Today we're going to be talking about the marvelous understandings of infant baptism. We're diving a little bit deeper and talking about some warnings. Warnings mm-hmm. against what, Pastor B? Well, in the book of Hebrews, there are passages that are typically called the warning passages. Okay. And we will look at them in a little while. And uh, so that sort of reminds me to get our Bibles out here. Ooh, that is an important thing in these kind of podcasts to Mm -hmm. have. (laughs) Have a Bible, have it ready. And I'm going to highlight these verses. We're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 6 and Hebrews chapter 10. These are incredibly important passages. Sort of a lot of the debate centers around these passages. Not all of them, but... Um, a lot, a lot of the debates center around these particular passages, and the study of these passages, personally, is what finally convinced me okay. that we should not only baptize believers, but we should also give the sign of the covenant to children, because I do believe children are in the covenant because they were born to a Christian family. Okay, all right. And so, but this is the passage. This is this is where the lights came on for me, so okay. to speak. I saw that if if what I was reading was true, then the Baptist position of regenerate church membership, where only only the elect are members of the new covenant, or only the elect are members of the church, and we'll talk about the Baptist position in other podcasts, Mm -hmm. I saw that that couldn't be true if these passages in Hebrews were true. Okay. But like I said, there's debate over it, and so everyone needs to just be teachable, listen, and um, be convinced in their own mind. Amen. And so just to restate... We're doing these podcasts because we want to explain the the position that um, we hold, that I that I hold, and that you hold as well. And that is that um, children are born into the covenant if they're born to Christian families. Amen. They receive the promises of Abraham mm-hmm. um, to their children and their children's children. Those promises have to be received in faith. Mm-hmm. But the sign of those promises is baptism, mm-hmm. and the pledge or seal that God makes that he will forgive their sins, he will wash them if they have faith, is given in baptism as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we're at, and you'd have to listen to all the podcasts to see all the different arguments. But we're I just want to say that, you know, whether I'm right or wrong, and I certainly believe I'm either right or wrong, um, <laughs> I don't believe there's a, you know... There's a squishy middle. No, I'm either right or I'm wrong, but regardless, I don't think this is a reason that um, anyone should be excommunicated over. I don't believe water should uh, divide... I believe that um, people on both sides of this debate will enter into heaven, mm-hmm. and we want to make the uh, door of church membership about the same size as the door to heaven and not be more exclusive than Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is not something to fight over. This is something to have um, wise arguments with gentlemen over, but certainly not something to fight over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so just to reiterate that, um, if you'd like to know all the arguments, then listen to all the podcasts. They are binge-worthy. We are in episode 10, so we've been traveling along pretty quickly. That's good. Episode 10, The Warning Passages of Hebrews. The the point at which I was fully and finally convinced Mm. of the paedo-baptist position. Mm. All right. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 6. I'm hoping you pulled up the verses there on your computer. Yeah, I got them up. We're going to read verses... Four through six. All right, here we go. Starting Chapter at, six, four through six. Starting in verse four. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift 
and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted in the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. Wow. And then Hebrews chapter 10, and we can read verses 28 through 31. Starting in verse 28, anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment, do you think, will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, and again the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Okay, so right out of the gate, we do not believe you can lose your salvation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you are elect, and God chose you before the foundations of the world, then you will be born again. All those that the Father gave to the Son, he will in no wise cast out, Mm -hmm. and he will raise them up on the last day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Arminians don't have a problem with these verses. Okay. They say... You can lose your salvation. Yep, there it is. Mm Mm-hmm. The people who have a problem with these verses are the Calvinists, mm-hmm. the Reformed folks. Mm-hmm. And there's the Reformed Baptist side and the Reformed Anglican Presbyterian Protestant side. Mm-hmm. So you have the churches coming out of the Reformation, out of the lineage of Calvin, Luther, and Knox. And then you have the Anabaptists and you have the English Reformed Baptists. Mm-hmm. And um, those are the two sh- groups, so mm-hmm. to speak, that struggle with these verses. Okay. Now, there's different nuances of interpretation in both camps, but they boil down to two, these two things. Okay. The Reformed Calvinist um, paedo-baptists who believe children are born into the covenant, they say these verses are clearly giving us a category for someone who is under judgment even while they are in the new covenant. Okay. So they're in the new covenant, mm-hmm. and just as was the case under Abraham... Those who spurn the promises in unbelief come under the judgments of the covenant as covenant breakers. They, in essence, fall away in the wilderness. They don't persevere as the wilderness generation. Okay, okay. Um, And that, I do believe, is the point of the book of Hebrews. He says very clearly that in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verse 29 through 31, that Jesus judges his people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. God is a consuming fire. Mm Mm-hmm that if you profane the blood of the covenant by which you've been sanctified, Mm -hmm. you see, this is a person who has been set apart in some way, Mm -hmm. and we can debate over precisely how they are set apart, Yeah, but they've been set apart in some way, and then they fall away, Mm -hmm. and they come under God's judgment. Right. Now, is this just general judgment that God has for general pagans? Well, no, because he is comparing it with the judgment in the old covenant. Mm -hmm. He Mm -hmm. says... If you sinned under the old covenant, you died according to two or three witnesses. How much worse Mm. those Mm -hmm. who sin under the new covenant, those Mm. who profane the blood of the new covenant. Right. Okay. So it seems clear to me, especially from Hebrews 28 through 31, that people can be in some way associated with the new covenant. Mm -hmm. They can be um, receiving the promises, but they spurn them. They profane the blood of the covenant, they don't continue in faith, Mm -hmm. and they fall under the judgment of God as apostates. Yep. So you have three categories. You have believers, Mm -hmm. 
that are elect right. in the church. You have apostates mm-hmm. in the visible church as well, who that's will the, soon fall away. That's the tares. Mm-hmm. Right. I believe so. And the goats and the bad fish that are drawn up by the dragnet of the of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have, of course, just pagans <laughs> <laughs> that have not received the gospel promises. They the gospel hadn't come to them yet. Right. Okay. Yep. Their parents aren't Christians, and and they're not Christians. So Hebrews chapter 10, verses 28 through 31, I had to study this, and I had to teach it in front of a room of informed people Mm -hmm. in the context of a verse-by-verse study. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I couldn't skip it. (laughs) You had no choice. It was an inconvenient truth. You were prepared as for such a time as this. And there were plenty of people in the room who were aware of the debates, mm-hmm. and they were waiting for me to get to these verses. <laughs> they were excited. They were chomping at the bit for it. So it's sort of like God you know, brings a horse to water, mm. and um, if you're going to trust him and you're going to go with the text, you've got to drink. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Now, the Baptist position is obviously different because, you see, Baptists believe in regenerate church membership, which means there is only the um, only covenantly elect individuals are in the New Covenant. Okay. And that means the New Covenant only has blessings. Okay. No cursings, no judgments. And that there are no apostates. That apostates are just professing Christians that fall away. This is the Reformed Baptist. This is the Reformed, yeah, yes. Okay. We're only, this is only a debate among Reformed people. Yeah, we got it. If you're Arminian, um, you believe you lose your salvation, and they're, they're not in our uh, discussion. Right, okay, I got it. So you're, you are falling away from a false confession of faith, mm-hmm. and you may have attended church, but you are in no way in the New Covenant. Mm-hmm. You are not united to Christ in any way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You are just associated with Jesus, mm-hmm. and you fall away. Got it. Okay. Um, now, of course, I'd push back on that and say, Jesus says, all branches in me that do not bear fruit will be cut off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would push back and say, Paul says in Romans chapter 11, that the Gentiles are grafted in just as the old covenant Jews were grafted in, and they can be broken off just as the Jews mm-hmm. were broken off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, you see, I think the analogy... When the, when the New Testament writers compare the New Covenant with the Old Covenant, they constantly are reminding us and warning us that we too can fall away in the wilderness. Right. So yep. persevere and have faith. Right, right. So what the Baptist would say, and this would be Tom Schreiner's view, he would call it the salvation view of, um, of the warning passages, is that God uses warning as a means to help his elect persevere. So it's just a warning. It's not. There's not. It's it, not backed up with anything. It cannot actually happen. There's no bullets in the gun. It is a. Um, yeah, it's a stick, but the stick is waved quickly near you, and God doesn't ever hit anyone with it. That is in the new covenant. Interesting. Okay. Um, that it is now. People who are speaking of this particular position would not be so polite. They would call this scare tactics. Or they would okay. call this hypothetical warnings. Okay. Um, like um, a sign reading, stay off the grass in Arizona. There's like, there's, <laughs> but there is no grass. But yes, we want you to stay on the sidewalk. But sidewall. if there was some, don't screw it up. If there were. And so, <laughs> but, but these are very smart people. They love the Lord. And, uh, and this is how they reconcile these passages with their belief that only 
members of the only the elect are in the new covenant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now they will admit, and and this can be seen in um, a book called uh, Progressive Covenantalism, mm-hmm. which is what this is called. Um, this is what Reformed Baptists would hold to: Progressive Covenantalism okay. or New Covenant theology, um, as opposed to the sixteen eighty nine. Federalist Baptists, which mm-hmm. have a slightly nuanced position on this, okay. they do admit that this is how they reconcile this verse with their system. Okay, You see, because they believe, based on Jeremiah 31, quoted in Hebrews chapter 8, that all who are in the new covenant will know him, from the least to the greatest. Okay, They take that to mean that every single individual in the new covenant will be elect and regenerate. Okay. Okay. I take that to mean sort of what Habakkuk says, that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord, that there will come a time when the whole world will know him mm-hmm. from the least to the greatest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't take that to mean that every single individual who receives the promises of the new covenant and can come under the judgment of the new covenant is elect and regenerate. Yeah, I got and, it. And I would point out that if you continue to read in these verses, you will turn to Jeremiah 32, and you will see that the new covenant... The one that promises, they shall all know me from the least to the greatest. Mm-hmm. I will write my law on their heart. I will cause them to walk in my statutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The very next few verses promises that this is for the house of Israel and the house of Judah, that's family language, mm-hmm. to their children and to their children's children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even there, it promises that it's for the children. Yeah, covenantal succession for the kids, but that doesn't necessarily mean that every single one of the kids are elect. That's what I would say. Yeah. And I'm, I'm that saying that where they draw the conclusion that everyone in the covenant is elect, that exact spot promises the new covenant for children mm-hmm. and children's children. Mm-hmm. And that exact spot promises that it's for the household of Judah and the household of Israel. That is the offspring of Abraham. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, the same would be true in Hebrews chapter 8, where Jeremiah 31 is quoted. Jeremiah 31 and 32, where the covenant is, it promises that it's for the children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can see the same in Ezekiel 37, 38, where the new covenant is mentioned. It promises to the house of Israel, the house of J- Judah, to their children, yep. their children's children, because yep. it's restating the promises of the Abrahamic covenant. Mm-hmm. It's an unfolding, it's a, a, um, a building up mm-hmm. of the original promises given to Abraham all the way through the Bible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... These warnings, according to the Baptist position, have to be um, hypothetical. They have to be just a means that God would use mm-hmm. to preserve his people. Mm-hmm. He, he, he uses the carrot, that's the promises, yep. and he uses the stick, but he doesn't actually ever strike or judge his people um, it's a warning, and those warnings serve as a salvific means of grace, as a means of grace mm. to transmit to you preserving grace. So let me play devil's now, advocate. Now, I don't disagree with that. Warnings do help us persevere. Sure. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that there is also a reality to the fact that vengeance is mine, I will repay. Yeah. That that is a real, mm-hmm. su- a real substantive potentiality. Sure. Yeah. That when it says the Lord will judge his people, it does not mean he the might. Lord will not judge his people. Right, yeah. No, it I, means I, he will judge his people. Mm-hmm. And if, if they don't have faith, though they had the promises, they will be removed of those promises. What they have will be taken from them, and it mm-hmm. will be given to those who do have. Right. Yeah. So I'm sitting here racking my brain a little bit, and I'm trying to think about <laughs> other areas of the Bible where these 
warnings that don't ever come to fruition exist? Is there anywhere else in the Bible? I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Is there is there a moment in the scriptures where <laughs> well, God I says, cannot Romans it would have to they would have to hold to the same thing in Romans chapter eleven where the the fear of having a brand, being a branch that is broken off mm-hmm. is is merely a a a warning used by God to preserve His people, mm-hmm. but that no branches are actually ever broken off. Well, and didn't Jesus Himself say, "And some of these will be thrown into the fire"? Jesus literally said, "If any branch in me." Mm-hmm. That does not bear fruit will be cut off and thrown into the fire. And they would say, yes, that's true if that were possible, but that's not possible. And so that's where people get the idea of this is just a hypothetical warning. But it's, it's because a, they say it's not an, a scenario that could actually happen. See, so like, so just me sitting here rolling through this, um, it's really a hypothetical warning that happens in three different places. That we just cited in just the New Testament. That seems pretty heavy. Yeah, and the and the New Testament is filled with warnings. Mm-hmm. I mean, every book has its own style of of warnings. Yeah, I just I as as studying through this and going through this, I cannot, um, I cannot make heads or tails of the idea that this is just hypothetical warnings used as means of grace. I do believe this is a means of grace. The Word of God is powerful, and mm-hmm. it is a means of grace. But I, I can't reject the idea that there is a real potential judgment on mm-hmm. the people, quote, mm-hmm. of God, that I still do believe there is one flock, um, Jesus has a flock, there's goats and sheep, he mm-hmm. has a dragnet, and there's good and bad fish, he has a pasture, and there's wheat and there's tares, mm-hmm. that there mm-hmm. is a, that judgment begins with the house of God, and there's some churches that have their candlestick removed mm-hmm. because they don't continue in faith, they don't believe, and they... And they forfeit mm-hmm. the promises that were rightfully theirs, having been born into a covenantal family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's how we see the warning passages. It's incredibly important. This was super important in my uh, in my journey with all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just leave us with one final word. Um, there's many many difficult passages to understand. These are diff- these right here are most certainly difficult to understand. Mm-hmm. And the Bible uses some words. You know, loosely and, and, and uses them, in fact, in different ways in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe Hebrews chapter 10 is written very precisely and very clearly. This is not a parable. This mm-hmm. is not historical narrative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a, a, an analogy. Mm-hmm. The children in the Old Testament received the promises. They did not believe. They died in the sin of evil unbelief. Mm-hmm. Don't do the same thing. God is a consuming fire. Mm. God will judge his people. Mm-hmm. I do believe that it is clear, crystal clear, that the new covenant has members in it that come under the judgment of it, and that there are curses, there are judgments, there are negative sanctions, and there is a category of person, an apostate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so what does this have to do with um, infant baptism? Well, it means that there is a category in Scripture for someone who can have the promises of the new covenant and receive the sign of those promises mm-hmm. and not persevere in faith and lose their inheritance like Esau. Mm-hmm. 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 So yeah, I see it. Well, guys, thank you again so much for joining us for another episode of our series of podcasts on the topic of infant baptism. You can find these and other resources at wearechristchurch.com or you can go to sermonaudio.com and search keyword We Are Christ Church. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode and we'll see you all next time.